Thank you for joining us for another episode of Can We Talk with Demi and Friends. I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm always so happy that we can talk and have those conversations that go unsaid or we've put off having. Can we talk our conversations to inspire and inform you so we can grow together? Can we talk reminds you to talk it out, even when the message tends to be hard or the topic is too taboo? Can we talk are those conversations that encourage you to show up every day and be your best self? So since you're here, turn up the volume and tell a friend and let's start talking. Well, we're here again for another episode of Can We Talk with Demi and Friends. And today I have a friend from way back. I met her in Colorado Springs, Colorado, when we were both starting out. My husband came home and said, Babe, my homegirl is stationed here. I can't wait for you to meet her. He was so happy to have a sense of home and someone who knew him well. And let me tell you, when I met her for the first time, it wasn't a let me get to know her, no pretenses, just genuine and She was a breath of fresh air then, and she still is to this day. You'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. Today on Can We Talk with Demi and Friends, my sister friend, Mrs. Melissa Fulmore Hardwick, is here. Melissa is a woman of faith, a wife, a mom, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, and a friend regarded as the First Coast's most prolific female technology leaders. Melissa has dedicated her more than 20-year career to merging innovative technology solutions with collaboration-based leadership. Her industry experience has spanned financial, retail, and manufacturing, healthcare, hospitality, aerospace, marketing, and service industries, as well as with the U.S. federal government. She is a prominent presenter, having served as keynote speaker and panelist for numerous Northeast Florida trade organizations and charities. She is passionate about helping young women and underserved youth get excited about their careers and maintain several board positions in the community. Melissa is the founder and executive director of Brown Girls in a Boardroom. She holds a bachelor's in science and accounting from the University of South Florida and an executive MBA from Jacksonville University. Since that time, Melissa has moved up the ranks as an Oracle consultant, change management leader, business application director, and currently she is, well, you know what? I'm gonna let her tell you what she's doing. Because I, I, I'm just so excited to have her in. Um, so I've given you guys, you know, the dirt or all of the information on her that, you know, we can share or I'd like to share. But I want to just go ahead and get Melissa in with this conversation, guys. But what I do want you guys to know is this. We have a boss, <laughs> a boss lady here today to talk with us. So if I could drop my mic, I would. Now, sit back, relax, help me welcome my friend, one of the most authentic people that I know, 
And don't be surprised if, you know, we just go way back and you hear some names and nicknames and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm excited. So I'm going to stop talking so we can talk together. Melissa. Hey, welcome. Hey, baby. Thank (laughs) you so much. I am super excited to be a part of this conversation on today. I am so glad that you um, said yes. I'm so glad that you made time because I know that you're busy and um, I'm just excited uh, for. I'm just always happy to talk to you and and, and see your beautiful face. First of all, guys, we're communicating (laughs) via video, uh, of course, because of our COVID situations and things like that. And as I mentioned, Melissa is located in um, northern Florida. But we are cheesing it up and we're just ready to dive into it. So, Melissa, tell us, I've already given a bio, you know, that's the form of stuff. But tell us, what are you up to these days? Oh, my God, Jimmy. First off, let me just say thank you for the invitation. It just does my heart good to see that you are certainly doing exactly what God has called you to do. You've always been one of those people that. Um, people get excited about talking to. You have this warmth about you and it just, it's inviting. And so I'm excited that that God has opened doors for this podcast because Amen. I think it's exactly what you can be doing. Um, I've been busy. Mm. I have been very mm-hmm. busy. I recently uh, took an amazing position mm-hmm. at an exciting company uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, the company is called CSI Companies. It's a staffing uh, company where I serve as the CIO. Um, okay. And I'm super excited about that. Um, I've done a lot since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. As you know, um, I turned 50 mm. in August of last year. And she looked and good, And for child. a long time, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and for a long time, I have desired and have been doing um, a lot of work mm-hmm. um, in this mentoring space. And so I um, launched and branded mm-hmm. um, Brown Girls in the boardroom. I gave myself wow. permission okay. to do that. That's and amazing. so I've been busy. I've been busy trying to, to create um, opportunities and open doors for little girls everywhere. How amazing. How amazing. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, Brown Girls in the boardroom uh, and especially, you know, just, you know, giving yourself permission. I love that. I love that because a lot of times we tell ourselves you cannot do that. That's what That's right. this podcast, my husband's like, you said a year and a half ago, you want to do this and you're not moving anywhere close to it. So he didn't give me a gentle nudge. He just kind of like pushed me out the boat. You know how he does. Sure. So anyway. I know it. I know it. Love him. Love him. Love him. Yes, we and it's do. it's good to have somebody mm-hmm. to keep us accountable sometimes, Absolutely. right? I was, I was fearful. I'll share with you that um, I was very apprehensive about brown girls in the boardroom mm-hmm. in the fact that the name in it itself Mm. made me feel like I wasn't being inclusive. And people would say like, why are you doing something yes. and just isolating it to brown girls? But, you know, I had to say, listen, I know how to be a brown girl. <laughs> like I've mastered that. <laughs> and so if I really want to help somebody, right, I got to do it in a way that it's genuine, that yes. it's authentic, and it's something that I know how to do. Absolutely. So, wow. I'm excited about it. 
it is exciting. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm excited to talk about brown girls in the boardroom. But let's let's back up a little bit and let's tell everybody how you got to to where you are today. So sure. when when we left Colorado and what what was the next thing that you do? Tell me about life, you know, after that leading up to where we are today. Sure. So, you know, I, I left home, uh, graduated high school and left home. Mm-hmm. And when I left home, um, I went to college. That's one thing that I knew I was going to do. Right. I knew I was going to go away and I mm-hmm. knew I was going to uh, attend college, but I didn't really know what I wanted to be, you know, when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was good in math at the time, um, had a full scholarship, was excellent in math. And so I'm like, all right, I'll major in accounting. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I decided to do. And uh, made some bad choices in college. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised, as you know, in a very strict home. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was a family of faith. And so we did church a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I left to go to college, um, it was a new world out there, right? It was it was nightclubs. It was parties. <laughs> and, you know, that was stuff that I hadn't been free to do. And so um, I lived it up mm-hmm. so much so that I lost my scholarship. And so at that moment, you know, my dad was like, you're coming back home. And I'm like, wait, I've been gone for two years. I left town. I was, you know, relatively a sharp student. Mm-hmm. Like I'm embarrassed to come back home. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And um, met a recruiter actually was, was going back home for that summer, met a recruiter, just happened to have a conversation with the recruiter and told him my story. And he was like, but you know, if you score high enough on the test, we can put you in this um, commission program in the military. Now mm-hmm. the military was nowhere in the cards for me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't that chick. I wasn't trying to do push up, <laughs> sit up, none of that stuff. Right. Marching boots. Um, but believe it or not, um, I didn't want to go back home, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I didn't want to feel like I had failed okay. my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the youngest of 12. And, you know, my dad was an amazing provider and father. And my mom died when I was three. He dedicated his life to taking care of us. And so I didn't even realize that we were poor until I went to college. I'm like, oh, okay, this is how people are living, right? But it's because we never went without. Mm -hmm. And so having to come back home, it just didn't feel good to me Mm -hmm. because I had all of the opportunities. And so um, to be successful in college. And so I went into the military. got into this program, Green to Go, to be commissioned, to become a commissioned officer. Mm -hmm. And when I saw y'all in Colorado, Mm. um, I was on fast track, right? Mm -hmm. You talk about a time that I think having you guys in Colorado helped me to even uh, progress even further, right? It's something about, you know, you go into the military and they play these games with you about where do you want to be stationed? Mm -hmm. And of course, I said Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, right? (laughs) Everywhere close to home. And where do I get sent? Colorado, Colorado Springs. I'm like, well, who does that? And to just roll up, up on one of my homeboys, one of my good friends, you know, uh, it was, it was, I'm like, God had to ordain that. Yes, he so, did. Um, he did, absolutely. And so I, I um, left Colorado, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Went back to finish my degree. The, the few courses that I had left, I finished my degree, um, did some reserve time. And then I moved to Orlando where I was working as an accountant for, okay. for a company. And um, 
working in there, was doing my thing. You mm-hmm. know, I was making, I was 25, 26 at the time, <laughs> making $25,000. I figured if I was making my age, I was doing great. Okay. Right? <laughs> Didn't even know what the world had to offer. Country girl and, comes um, up. <laughs> right, right. I was feeling good about myself. See me? And so I, um, at the time, our, our finance department was undergoing a um, technology implementation. Mm -hmm. And so KPMG, one of the big four firms were on site and they had this project team and they were really looking for Mm -hmm. people from the company to partner with these consultants to help implement. And, you know, it was a lot of hours, a lot of work. Well, I was in a meeting one day and there was an African-American guy, young Mm -hmm. guy who worked for KPMG and was on the project. Uh Got in the elevator with him, started talking. He was like, you know, I, I saw you in the meeting. He was like, you, you were pretty bright. He was like, you should learn Oracle. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not that technical <laughs> chick. Like, you know, I know the system because I'm an accountant. I got to do my job, but I'm not technical. You know, you, okay. back then I thought of anybody that was technical sat in a dark room and just coded all day. Right. Uh-huh. Um, didn't even realize all of the opportunities or the jobs that uh-huh. were available in the technology space. So anyway, that started my journey. I went in my boss's office because I said to the guy, he, he was telling me about how it's, you know, this Oracle thing has been so lucrative for him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? He's like, <laughs> I make really good money. And I said, well, what kind of money? Right. Uh-huh. And so he's telling me like how his salary is like four times my salary. And he's mm-hmm. only two years older. I'm like, what? He said, I think you should learn Oracle. He said, it has been my, you know, ticket, if you will, right. from a career perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. So I literally marched the next day into my boss's office and I'm like, hey, I want to be on the Oracle project. And my boss was looking at me like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You must be crazy. Those people are working all kinds of hours. I was like, no, I want to do it. Wow. Okay. And I tell you, Demi, that changed um, the trajectory of my life in so many ways. Um, I went on, uh, learned Oracle, got certified in it, became an Oracle instructor, worked for Oracle University, um, then became a principal consultant, um, worked for a big four. And technology has been my thing ever since then. So the last 25 years, um, I have spent my career in this IT space. And so I think what makes me um, um, really successful in this this space is that I was once a user. And so I understand, right, what a user and end user of technology really uh, deals with. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm able to communicate to the business exactly what it is. I'm able to communicate to the IT folks, right, and speak their language. And so I was able to bridge that gap for a long time. And it has just helped me. I've, I've done change management where I've helped companies transform, you know, into new applications. And um, the Lord has just been gracious in that this recent promotion is the epitome of being in the technology field, being able to become a chief information officer has been a, a goal of mine from a career perspective. And so I am thrilled to be on this journey. Melissa, listen, you've been busy, lady. You've been busy. And and time goes by fast. I know. So here's the thing, guys. You had an elevator moment that changed your life. You know how we talk about have your elevator speech ready. Correct, yes. You only have a few minutes to make an impact. That's right. Sometimes, you know, and that's even if and it's the thing that you say that grabs that person's attention. But here's what's more interesting about it. He noticed something about you. Hey, you're kind of sharp. You should do. 
what a divine, a divine encounter that was. And imagine had you not, to me, that was another, uh, you giving yourself permission there. That was the start, you know, to try something different. Hey, it's going to be a lot of work. That's okay. I can do it. Oh my, that's, that's just amazing. And it's just to me, you know, when we say, um, God, um, our gifts will make room for us. That's exactly, that's exactly what happened. And, and, and I believe that. I believe too. that to be the case. I, you know, I, I've always been um, a communicator. I've always loved to talk. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment we met. <laughs> and so I have been able to uh, be a communicator, right. right? To be able to express this is how technology needs to be built. And one of the, the, the most important things, right? We can build good technology systems all day long. If we can't communicate the benefit of that to the business in this world, we call it the with them. What's in it for me? If Ooh, we okay. build great products mm-hmm. and there's nothing in it for the business, why would they even want to, you know, um, take those tools and use them? Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned over the years is my gift of gab <laughs> is really being leveraged in this space because I'm able to communicate to the business exactly yes, what ma'am. they're going to get in this IT world. So Yes, ma'am. It, that is so true. That is so true because I, I just want to you said your gift of gab and it is that is such a gift, even though you framed it that way. And I will tell you, I am so uncomfortable talking with people at times, but God impressed upon me to do this. And I'm like, I can't do that, Lord. I can talk all day long in my head, (laughs) but and, and and so here here's a little story that happened about a month and a half ago. I was part of this uh, psychoeducational uh, training group and we had to give feedback. I had to facilitate the group with another person. Our styles were completely different, but, you know, I tried to balance it out with with him and all of that. So some of the feedback that I got back was that I sound robotic. Girl, do you know that sent me in a mental spiral? I'm like, I sound robot. I'm like, the first thing I thought about was Ferris Bueller, that that instructor, Bueller. Yes, I received that and I came down so hard on me. I believed everything about that. And and I, I think God allowed me to mope around for a little while. Uh, I put on my tennis shoes and started running like uh, Jonah did. I'm like, I'm not doing no podcast. Sure. I'm talking about we're literally like a few days away from me doing a podcast. And then I received this information and I'm already, a, you know, a little fearful about speaking and what have you. But I said, you know, I got I got tired of my own pity party. And I said, no, I said, God would not bring me to this time in my life if he would not use me. And and here I am. I got to go to scripture. (laughs) Moses said the same thing. He says, Lord, choose somebody else. He says, I'm not eloquent of speech. And (laughs) and at one point I'm like, God is saying God had to be saying I know what I've put in you. He said, who's given man sight and, and, you know, everything that you have, I've given you. So here we are with you using your gift in such an amazing way. 
we've only scratched the surface of, you know, just how shifting from accounting to the world of IT um, has just been such a pivotal part of where you are today. Because now my next question is this. So um, you're blessed um, to be, your gifts are making room for you. Um, And with that, you're going into these boardrooms. What was the thing that you noticed going in and out of different boardrooms, making decisions, having a seat at the table? What was the thing that you began to notice or what was one of the first things that you noticed? That's a great question. Um, I I first want to touch on something that you said. You talked about how uh, somebody told you that you sounded robotic. Oh, I just skipped right over that, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. So, 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 so it's amazing how one person's ear perceives it as Mm -hmm. robotic and another person's ear could perceive it as the most Mm -hmm. comforting voice that they may have ever heard. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I take away from that is um, many, many years ago, uh, a friend of mine at work, we were talking about something and, and she wanted this job. And the first person she talked to told her that you're just not fit for the job. Mm. No way you would ever get this job. Right. She went and she talked to somebody else. She kept pursuing it, got the job and was probably one of the best, Mm. um, most successful persons that had ever been in that space. And one of the things that she said to me was, she said, Melissa, it's almost as if something came to me Mm. and said, never let anybody tell you no, who's not in a position to tell you yes. Oh my God. And gosh. what that means to me is, you know, we, we sometimes get so caught up on people telling us mm-hmm. what we are mm-hmm. and what we can and can't do that aren't even in a position to tell us otherwise. And so wow. anyway, that's what it reminded me of. Like, never let anybody tell you your voice is robotic when it's as comforting <laughs> as it needs to be for a podcast, right? So <laughs> anyway, I needed to get that out. Well, so, thank you, Melissa. Um, I thought absolutely, I was talking too absolutely. much about myself. So I was like, okay, let me, <laughs> let me stop. Let me find some place oh, no. to stop at this, you know, I this story. But you know no, what? It, it, go ahead. Cause I was going to say that even leads into my answer, but go ahead. Oh no. It was just like you said uh, with your friend, I realized that God was like, girl, that's not you. Stop. I never said that about you, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I trust him. And here we are That's today. Right. Yes. Doing an amazing job. And I've heard one of your podcasts already. And so absolutely. It's amazing. Well, thank you. I um, appreciate it. You are so welcome. You're so welcome. And so, you know, you, you asked the question about one of the things that I've seen mm-hmm. that I saw when I first um, stepped into the boardroom mm-hmm. and you know, I um, I was very fortunate in my career that I did um, get promoted relatively quickly mm-hmm. in some roles, right? I worked for a company that when I joined, the COO said to me, we want to pay for you to get your executive MBA because we see you as a future leader in our company. And so I did that and I, um, you know, got promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started to join the boardroom, it felt number one, like I was very young. Mm-hmm. I was a young girl in the boardroom. Then there was this issue of I was a woman in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. And then to add to that, I was a brown girl in the boardroom, mm-hmm. right? And I had spent, you know, some time 
um, with one of the local colleges here in Jacksonville, working with some girls. Um, a job that I was on, I was part of a committee, and we were helping um, students get internships. And whenever we would, would intern or, or whenever we would interview these kids for these intern positions, um, we have an HBCU in town. Mm-hmm. None of the kids from the HBCU was getting the job. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, you know, the kids from these these other colleges that were getting them. And so no, no, no African-American kids would get the job. Right. For, for a number of reasons. And so we tapped into that and we started going to the school and we would. Um, teach them how to interview, make sure they had great resumes, mm-hmm. right? How to build your brand. The next semester came around and those students started to get jobs, right? Okay. And so I only say that because I felt like maybe they didn't have all of the tools that they needed mm-hmm. to land those jobs. Okay. So now go full circle. I'm in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. I start to look around in the midst of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I remember as a vice president for a company sitting around in a boardroom one day and I'm like, you know what? There's nobody in here that looks like me. Wow. Melissa, what can you do to influence that? Mm-hmm. What can you do to change the narrative, right? It's almost as if I heard God himself mm. say, you need to launch this nonprofit and you need to call it Brown oh, Girls gosh. in the Boardroom, right? And mm. I'm telling you, that thing was so real to me, Demi, that I, I was like, oh my God, okay, I hear you. Like, I gotta do this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't act on it immediately. Mm-hmm. I didn't because again, I was concerned about the name, right. Melissa, why brown girls? Like, uh-huh. why, why did that first come to mind? But again, that's all I know how to be. <laughs> I can be that because I am that, okay. right? And so I launched this Brown Girls in the Boardroom because nobody was looking like me in these boardrooms. And I'm like, how do we change that narrative, right? Melissa, if you can influence that, how do you do it? Because what I realized, Demi, is that God has not put me in the position that I'm in to just sit and take up space, to mm-hmm. occupy space. Okay. And not turn around and see who I can bring along. That's wow. why I'm in this position. Yeah, it's a great, you know, title to have. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, he's blessed me, you know, um, with good a great career. Mm-hmm. But I owe it. I owe it to him. I owe it to myself. I owe it to the little brown girls that's watching me, mm-hmm. right? To create opportunities so that they too can have a seat at the table. My God, my and God. So that's, that, that's the mission that I'm on. <laughs> My God, my God. Listen, I'm sitting here looking at my sister and I know her passion. <laughs> but listen, we just had a church moment. Uh, we just had a revelation <laughs> there because that is what it means to do it for his glory. Oh, yeah. To do it for his oh, glory, yeah. because he gave you something. He gave you the gifting and the talent and you're ever so mindful not to take credit of it, ever so mindful to say, no. Lord, I want to represent you in a way that people understand, you know, that she didn't do this on her own, but by God, by, by his grace and his yes. mercy. Listen, yes. I want to. It is so, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, it's interesting. I was doing a, um, a Zoom call not long ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that was asked was, you know, have we, have you ever felt as a leader that um, you've been isolated or that maybe mm-hmm. people aren't accepting you or, you know, that you, you aren't, you don't belong. Mm-hmm. And if so, what do you do, right? How do you handle that? And so it was, you know, lots of successful women answering the questions. Mm-hmm. And when it came to me, 
what I said was, I have felt that way mm-hmm. on, on a new on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. I felt that way, and what gets me through that is I get it. I'm just as educated as the next man that's sitting next to me, right? Mm-hmm. I have I, I I know my skill and I know I'm good at what I do. Right? That ain't enough. They will still isolate you, even knowing that you're educated, even mm-hmm. knowing that you know your stuff is not enough. But one of the things that I have packed in my professional toolkit yes. is this thing called faith. Come on Because now. in that moment, when somebody has made you feel or is attempting to make you feel that you are not uh, wanted in this position mm-hmm. or you're not uh, enough for this position, it is then that I got to know my value. It is then that I say, I know who I am and I know who's I am. am. Come on. Now. And I, if I got to close my eyes and just take a deep breath mm-hmm. and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had to do that before. I've had to do that to keep myself from retaliating or saying something right, right for in, in terms of how I am being made to feel. Right. And so whether it's unconscious biases, whether it's people just being blatant, mm-hmm. you know, in no disregard for, mm-hmm. for, for people and, and, and their roles, I've learned that I have to have that faith factor. And mm-hmm. I believe that that has a lot to do with me being in the position that I'm in today, that I owe it all to God and that by the grace of God that I'm in the position with that. So I don't take that. I don't take that lightly. Now I don't walk around the office with a Bible trying to be a holy roller, hit a holy roller, hit people <laughs> over the head. Right. But, but if the opportunity presents itself, right. I'm a believer. On one, on one of the best bosses that yes. I've ever had. And I tell people this story all the, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, a Caucasian gentleman that mm-hmm. was my VP. Um, this is when I was just starting to, to mm-hmm. really go up in my career. Um, and he was my boss. And whenever we would have our one-on-one feedback, I remember the very first meeting we had, and we would have them weekly. The very first meeting we had, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, and this is important for the people that work for me to know. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm a Christian. Oh, wow. I believe in God. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer. He said, now, I don't know what that means to you, if it means anything, but it means something to me. And I need to share that with the people that work for me. And I just was like, oh, my God, like we're allowed to say that in the workplace. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you, he was the best leader I have ever mm-hmm. had. Not because he made that statement, but because he was who he said he was. Absolutely. And that taught me that, you know, you don't have to be over the top, but you don't have to be ashamed either Absolutely. of who you are. And people, you know, I, I know we don't mix mix you know, um, religion mm-hmm. in the career field. But I got to tell you, I can't say that I've made it this far mm-hmm. without saying that I acknowledge God for what he's done. Amen. Because it is yeah. not a jacket that you put on, you know, after you leave the office. It is about character. And when you're telling me about your boss, I'm like, it's he said, that's important to me. And as you mentioned, it's not about you walking around, um, quoting scripture, you live God's word. You, you exude those character traits just by trusting him, having the faith and knowing who he is and knowing who you are in him. Um, I just think that is amazing. And a lot of times that is something, you know, we can easily say that, but a lot of times that's not something that people come across, um, immediately or right away. Sometimes it is, um, a long journey, a struggle in that journey. So, uh, hey, 
I take it with me. And you know what? Um, that was the thing. Um, I got one year uh, this Christmas gift uh, from one of my coworkers. And it says, and it was two coffee mugs. One side, it said uh, designated speaker. And the other side, it said designated a listener. She says, Demi, you have your own little counseling session over here every morning. And what that I think what that I know what it was. I know it was the draw of the Holy Spirit that one, I could be uh, authentic. Uh, I could be um, this, you know, the same person. Um, and, and I was trustworthy. So the Holy Spirit does that. He's the draw. It wasn't about me, but it was about me availing myself for whomever. And listen, did that right up there in the Pentagon. Show did. <laughs> but um, he will put he will put you in places to where, and he knows what we need when we need it, and where we should be at the time we should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I totally trust him for not just my life, my career is mm-hmm. a part of that. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think definitely like um, my husband and I, we, we talk about how, you know, not only your gift making a room for you, but when people see the caliber of your work, the consistency of it, your name goes into rooms that you've not even entered into yet. That's right. And, I believe that. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about before, like either you're going to be what? How do you say it on the menu or? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you want to sit at the table because typically if you're not at the table, then you are on the menu, meaning right. you're being discussed. Come right? on now. So, and you want to be yeah. and I, I, I definitely like to be discussed as not being uh, chopped up, served up and chewed up. So, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but um, That's right. Melissa, We're talking about, you know, everything that you're doing. I want to pause here and say congratulations, my friend, on Brown Girls in a Boardroom. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your obedience to lunch out. Um, Thank you for sharing your gift with so many that need to see it being done, seeing it being lived out, not being heard about or actually being seen on a TV, but it's actually something that they can see. And then once they start having the conversations with you, like, oh, it's not as hard as I thought, because, you know, I think representation is so important. It is so important. And we have so many, many underserved youth and young women in our community that are just, you know, we have these thoughts, but how do I pull these thoughts out? How do I, yeah. how do I bring it all together? So I appreciate, uh, again, your faithfulness and your courage to do it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. congratulations. Thank you so much. You, you, you would be surprised, Demi, at how many girls don't know the first thing about what to wear for an interview, mm-hmm. right? Um, you would be surprised at how, they don't know that they have to, they should print out a re- etiquette, just just mm-hmm. corporate culture and etiquette. There are girls that are in college that are about to, to graduate college who's not even been on an interview before. Mm-hmm. So when we had this relationship, part of a program that I was in, mm-hmm. um, in the community for, for a previous job, we went to this um, historically black college here mm-hmm. in Jacksonville and we would help these kids get prepared for their jobs. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that about the internship. And I was so committed to this thing that I would go in my closet 
and I would get clothes Mm -hmm. out of my closet for them to wear to an interview. I would let them sleep on my couch Mm -hmm. and go over the mock interview all night long Mm -hmm. until I felt like they were going to be good in that interview. Right. Right. Um, I was committed to this stuff and it's all because, you know, growing up, I lost my mom when I was three, Mm -hmm. but I had six older sisters. Mm. And I think about what if those sisters weren't in my life? They were the first, before I knew what a mentor was, that's really what they were. Yeah, they were my sisters Mm -hmm. and probably had an obligation to see me grow up and be, you know, a good citizen. But they told me how to dress. Mm -hmm. They told me how to carry myself. They told me about bad relationships. It doesn't look well. I don't like that little boy. I don't like the way he (laughs) talks. He's disrespectful. You better watch your life. You know, they told me those things before I knew it was important that somebody told me those things, right? right? And so I think about, had they not been in my life, where would I be Mm. right now? And so when I see young girls who don't have anybody, they're first generation college students, Mm -hmm. nobody in their family had ever gone to college. They don't have the money to buy a nice dress or a nice Mm-hmm. to wear on an interview. My heart goes out to them mm-hmm. because they're bright. They're smart. Mm-hmm. And if somebody doesn't get next to them and help them and let them see. Now, now, now here, here's one thing that I totally live by. And that is we can't be what we can't see. Come on now. Right. Or we can't wow. see. If we can't see it, we can't be it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think it's important for these young girls to see women in leadership positions mm-hmm. and not only to just see them, but to be able to reach out and touch them, right. to be able to have my phone number saved in their phone that when they got a problem at work, Miss Melissa, how do I handle this? Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Melissa, there's a job. Should I apply for this? I mean, the questions that I get, mm-hmm. we would think that that's just common sense stuff, right. but they don't know, Demi. Mm-hmm. They don't know. And so I can't sleep at night knowing that there's a whole generation of mm-hmm. young girls out there and right. that there are not enough mentors. There's not enough women that are saying, I care enough about you to help you in this situation, wow. right? Now, can we save them all? Maybe not, but mm-hmm. I'm going to die trying. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, I'm going to die trying. And so um, it just does my heart good. It does my heart good for brown girls in the boardroom to mm-hmm. sponsor photo shoots where we get makeup artists to come and we get hairstylists to come and professional photographers. And we see their Facebook profiles and their LinkedIn profiles mm-hmm. go from selfies to a real blown okay. professional picture, right? It does my heart good when I can partner with with other ladies in the organization and they say, bring your brown girls. We want to teach them golf because a lot of deals are made on the on golf, the golf course, course, right? Things yes. that they may not even uh, remotely be exposed to and don't know what they mm-hmm. don't know. They don't know that they need to know how to golf. Hey, here I am. I've, I've, I've gotten, you know, in a pretty decent position in my career, mm-hmm. not golfing. But I do think it's important that I know how. Like, I want to be a part of the conversation, right? And I ain't going to be a professional golfer, but I want to know how to hit a ball. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, just giving them exposure to Mm -hmm. those kinds of things, right? To to assessments, to better understand their skills, right? And we get them, the the age for brown girls in the boardroom goes from 18 to 35. And I know that Mm -hmm. seems very broad, but the mindset is if we get them when they're in college, that age between 18 to Mm -hmm. 24, right? Uh They don't know what they want to be. They keep changing their majors. They have no idea, right? right? Expose them to some careers. Mm -hmm. Get some other professional women. I have some professional women that have stepped up and said, hey, I want to help. I want to be a mentor. I want to be on the board, right? And I can partner these girls with them and let them see how lawyers react and let them see how, you know, uh, scientists, re- I mean, it's mm, just a plethora right. of, of professional jobs out there that these girls, you know, I know when I look at them and I talk to them that they can be those 
women with mm-hmm. successful careers, but they just need some guidance, right? They just right. need some shaping. And then you got these girls from 26 to like 35 who graduated college mm-hmm. and they don't really know what kind of job. They're taking the first job that comes up just mm-hmm. to have a job, which is good, right? But now it's trying to time to grow in their careers. Mm-hmm. Should I go to grad school, Ms. Melissa? Should I work first? What should I do? And having a network mm-hmm. of women who um, who's able to help facilitate that, I just think, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a game changer. And I think the narrative around um, African-American women in leadership, I think we're going to change. We're going to change that story. Well, listen, we definitely have a good vehicle to jump on to and, you know, take that ride. That is absolutely amazing because you've introduced them to a world that seemed probably unreachable, unattainable. For the first time, I can see someone. I have women that look like me trying to help me know what they know. And and all of the, you know, the unknowns, the uncertainties, can I? Should I, you know, those yeah. questions are being asked, the, the shaping, the grooming and the mentorship, which is definitely something that I want to talk about more. But right now we want to take a little pause uh, so that we can hear from our sponsors that are sponsoring this podcast episode. So we'll be right back. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. This episode of Can We Talk with Demi? has been brought to you by Brown Girls in the Boardroom, where we help young girls of color that are normally underserved walk in their true influence, courage, and God-given abilities. You can find more information about us at melissafulmorehardwick.com. That's Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, Fulmore, F-U-L-M-O-R-E, Hardwick, H-A-R-D-W-I-C-K dot com. You can also find us on the Facebook group, Brown Girls in the Boardroom. Also on Instagram at Brown Girls in the Boardroom or Melissa Fulmore Hardwick. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Okay, and now we're back with Miss Melissa Fulmore Hardaway, founder and creator of Brown Girls in the Boardroom. So when we left Melissa, we were just kind of like talking about mentorship a little bit. So mm-hmm. one of my questions is this, and and tell me you can you can um we can continue the conversation that we were having, which is very important. I think we'll just you know web that into what we're talking about. But when it comes to mentorship. And you mentioned your sisters, your first mentors. Mm-hmm. What has been, what can you say about being mentored that has been so critical to you? Has there been other times in your career since leaving home that you've been mentored? And, and what does that look like? Yes, there has been. And so I talked about how my sisters were the first mentors Mm -hmm. that I had. And certainly um, they helped Mm -hmm. shape who I was as an individual. But I remember um, graduating college and I was working on my first job Mm -hmm. in Tampa, Florida. And Mm -hmm. I was just, um, I was like an account at the time. I think the the, the position was called an account rep or something like that. And it was Mm -hmm. like doing little finance work. Um, and there was a lady and her name was Miss Sandra. Mm. And Miss Sandra was a manager mm-hmm. at the time. 
And there was something about Miss Sandra. Mm-hmm. Whenever she would walk by, there was something about her. And it mm. always captivated me. I would always look at her and I would watch how she walked. Mm-hmm. And I watch how she talked to people and how she presented herself in meetings and how the, the organization talked about her and praised her. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think mm-hmm. back on it now, I was probably in my, you know, early 20s. Miss mm-hmm. Sandra was probably in her early 30s or something, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed so old, like she was so <laughs> mature at the time. Uh-huh. But I just loved how she carried herself. She mm-hmm. was always neat. Um, always suited up, always had on a set of pearls, right? Mm. Wasn't over the top. Makeup mm-hmm. wasn't over the top. She was a classy lady. Wow, and okay. I loved the way she carried herself. Mm-hmm. Every time Miss Sandra walked by, I would be staring at her. And I would <laughs> say to myself, I want to be like her. Mm. I want the job she has. I want I want to carry myself like mm-hmm. her. I want to dress like her because she was on point. Okay. And, you know, she always smiled. She mm-hmm. always said hi. Mm-hmm. She never probably even imagined how I was really stalking her, basically. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I was just intrigued mm-hmm. at a Black woman in a leadership role in corporate America, mm-hmm. right? And so my sisters were into nursing. My sister was a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, and in business. But this whole corporate thing, I was just graduating college. So it was a different type of mentorship that I needed, right? Mm-hmm. My sisters had got me to the point. They did the foundational right. stuff. But now I'm seeing women in corporate America and I'm like, wow, like, is that how I'm supposed to do it? Right. And so Miss Sandra one day got next to Miss Sandra and I told her, I said, I mm-hmm. love the way you carry yourself. Like, I want to be like you. Like, can mm-hmm. you mentor me? And she giggled and she said, you know, y'all young people, you're so smart. You graduated college. You probably know more than I know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, ma'am. Like, I just, the way you carry yourself and, and just the way, I love it. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up, she was so nice to me and ended up being my informal mentor, mm-hmm. right? And I'll never forget Miss Sandra because I believe that she is the one that showed me how to carry myself mm-hmm. in corporate America. Now, fast forward, you know, 10 years later, um, you know, I'm in a different role. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have a, an African-American CIO at one point mm-hmm. in my career. And okay. she took me under her wing, mm-hmm. right? She took me under her wing. And I just liked the way that she would, you know, I, I always said to her, you're so politically correct. Mm-hmm. She knew what to say. Okay. I would watch her in meetings where it would be heated, right? Men. Mm-hmm. And she'd be the only woman and a woman of color, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And she would never let them see her sweat. So right. OK. I mean, she kept her composure. Mm-hmm. You may see her twitch a little bit, change positions, positions mm-hmm. in her chair. But she never got indignant. Mm-hmm. She never got, you know, raised her voice. Um, and so I watched that. And mm-hmm. so mentoring has always been extremely important. For me in mm-hmm. that regard. Now, there's also sponsorship, right? And I think that's one of the things we talk a lot about mentors mm-hmm. in an organization, but then there's that person that's a sponsor, right? right? Okay. And so they almost act as a mentor, mm-hmm. but they make sure that your name is in places where you, you can't go. be. When mm-hmm. there's an opportunity that mm-hmm. comes up, this is the person that's saying, hey, I think Melissa will be good for that mm-hmm. particular job, mm-hmm. right? They go before you and Come they on. help pave the way. <laughs> and I think the gentleman that offered up executive MBA to me and said, we will pay for it. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a sponsor yes, before I even knew that that's the role right. that he was playing. So I think it's important. I think it's important that we, um, you know, have mentors, even to this day, I have mm-hmm. spiritual mentors, right? Mm-hmm. I have friends who have raised kids. I'm a 50 year old with a third grader, <laughs> Timmy, right? Y'all got churn that's, you know, in, in, sitting in college and here I am. All in God's time. Grader, is right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I gotta have, 
mentors with kids, mm-hmm. right? Somebody I can call Jimmy, like, what? I'm, I'm about to jack this little boy up. Like, what, what should I be doing in this situation? Jackson so is fine. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's important that mm-hmm. we continue to have people that we see as mentors. Mm-hmm. I think as long as we are life learners, we mm-hmm. can always gain insight from people. That so, is so true. Strong, strong advocate for mentors. There you go. Be, and just, I like that you, um, you brought into the conversation having sponsors because sponsorship, you know, that just takes that mentorship to a whole nother level because it's almost as though they're vetting you. You know how you got to be vetted and you want to get this clearance or what have you. They're vetting you because their name, depending on the person. And of course, you know, one (laughs) disclaimer, everybody can't speak for you. I had to learn that. So, but Having someone of caliber of substance, their their work precedes them and it speaks for them. Having someone like that to say, this is my girl, this is my guy, mm-hmm. look out for them. That just that yeah. speaks volumes because the okay. person that's saying it, they're already vetted. They're already, you know, trusted in their area and they're saying, OK, we're going to bring her on board, too. So I think that's very important. And we just have to look at the broad picture of it. You know, we have to be mindful of the people that we're inviting into our space, inviting into our oh, yeah. community. And that's the thing that I um, I told my daughter and my uh, my niece, uh, my niece was here visiting uh, a little while back. Um, I think at the end of 2019 or summer 2019, but she was here visiting. And so on her last night, we went out to dinner. And what I wanted to tell them was this. I said, guys, I said, don't uh, dismiss when there is an older or more mature person uh, taking interest in you. Make sure it's healthy, of course. But when they're taking interest in you and, and pausing you or just pouring into you, I said, receive that. I said, because they're doing that. One, because mom and daddy been praying for you. Lord, let somebody be kind to my child. One, because that never ends. But two, because they've also recognized the gift that is in you. And they've been placed in a position to where they can offer you help. They can offer you guidance, probably in most cases because it was done for them. So yeah. I'm like the whole community of it. I just think that that is amazing. And I was fortunate enough when I left my parents home that every place we went, because, of course, you know, being um, in the army, active duty, you're moving every two and a half, three years, every two to three years. And so I was always so fortunate to meet wise women of faith that were helping me at different seasons of my life before I became a mom. So as a young lady, then as, you know, a wife, a mom, all of those things just kind of, you know, shaped the Demi that you see today. I'm like, so Mm -hmm. we're like the makeup of, you know, we got many fingerprints on us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I just think that yeah. is so important for us to, yeah. you know, be mindful of that. And that's definitely that's what Brown Girls in the Boardroom is doing. Y'all, y'all putting some Absolutely. fingerprints uh on these young ladies. You guys are and they're seeing your footprints and they're able to mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, I can take this path or I can incorporate this to what I'm doing. And I yes. just think that is so amazing. Trust me, I'm gonna have mm-hmm. Sydney reaching out. 
to talk to you because, you know, we want we want the community and the uh, the resources. And I don't ever want her to think that, you know, you're going to get everything right here. No. Branch out. Branch yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, y'all are doing an amazing job with Sydney. To have a daughter in an Ivy League school right now is a good place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's doing. She's, she's doing really great. well. She's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. very proud of her. I tell her, um, I just, you know, I said, you know, at age twenty-two, you are a much wiser twenty-two-year-old <laughs> than me. You save better, than I was. right? <laughs> you save your money better than I did. You, um, you know, you you know what it is that you want to do. You're not trying. You're not wandering, and you're not just. Uh, distracted about a lot of things, right. but at right. the same time, I take I don't I don't take uh, credit for any things, but I was able to kind of say, okay, that's probably not what you want to do because I had experienced it. Probably you know something serious, but again, mentorship, friendship, yeah. sisterhood, yeah. Uh, being a mom. So, yeah. and then a lot of times, the one thing that we haven't mentioned is. Those young girls are coming to you guys thirsty and they have a teachable spirit. Oh, man. Oh, man. A teachable spirit. Wow. There Mm -hmm. is something to be said about this intrinsic Mm -hmm. thirst Mm -hmm. that they have. They are thirsty Mm -hmm. to, to excel and to learn. Now, every once in a while you get one that there's just you can't get a breakthrough. Right. But by and large. These young girls, they are ready. They are ripe mm. and they're ready. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all I need is a little coaching, mm-hmm. right? All I need is a little example, mm. a little glimpse of what this should mm-hmm. look like. And they will take it and run. These girls are, I'm telling you, like, we can't probably get enough mentors right. to accommodate the amount of girls that we could truly have impact mm-hmm. on. Because they are coming out of the woodwork and they're thirsty for it. They want to, they want to be successful. Listen, mm-hmm. they just realized that we got, you know, a, a woman of color as the vice president. Yes. And so mm-hmm. certainly there are a whole lot of things that I can do if I tap into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has been such an encouragement for us, right? Mm-hmm. For these young girls to realize that if you just apply yourself and they want to, they mm-hmm. desire to do it, right? They just don't have all the tools. And so how can we help? pack their toolkit? Mm-hmm. How can we give them some skills right. or some life lessons, right? How to balance all this stuff out. If we can help them with that, once again, I think, you know, a little bit of wisdom combined with their thirst and their desire and mm-hmm. their eagerness to want to do better. I think we can change the narrative. I really do. I, I think this whole, you know, there once upon a time when all we heard about was young black girls getting pregnant, having mm-hmm. babies on welfare, all this stuff. But if you start doing the 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 um, the the stats right now mm-hmm. of how many high school graduates there are that are African American mm-hmm. girls, I, I think we'd be quite impressed. Yes, we would. And 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 then just the rate of those that are. Um, Entering college, graduating, and not just, you know, and then going to grad school, uh, getting yes. uh, doctoral degrees. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we, I'm not big on slang, but this kind of thirst. Oh, this is, this is the real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. just looking and we're just scratching the surface of mentorship. Uh, but mentorship, uh, it essentially, it's, 
you know, it connects people. It's um, it helps young people to shape, to think, you know, personal growth and development uh, to look at mm-hmm. social opportunities, you know, professional. I, I, you know mm-hmm. what? You know what I believe in me? I'm mm-hmm. sorry for interrupting you, but, no. but what I believe is. Mm-hmm. Once we can get these girls mm-hmm. to really understand their value, mm-hmm. once we can build up their confidence to let them That's know that, number uh-huh. one, you're more than just a piece of meat. Don't get caught up with these little young boys and, mm-hmm. and, and mess up your future, right? <laughs> but once we mm-hmm. build their confidence that they know I am smart, yes, I can get a good mm-hmm. job. I can take care of myself. I don't have to be you know, in the system. Right. Once we really get them to where they are walking into their their purpose Mm. and walking in influence Mm -hmm. and they have the courage to continue to just drive on. If we can just get them there, they're Mm -hmm. thirsty for the rest of it. But we just got to make sure they understand that they are women of influence, that you do have courage, Mm -hmm. right? And that you couple that with your faith and you do the work, you got to put in the work now. You know, nobody's giving anybody anything for free. You got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can just get them to that point, where mm-hmm. they know, I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of doing. I know that I can be anything. It opens the doors of possibility mm-hmm. for them, right? Unlimited possibilities. They can be whoever they want to be. Mm-hmm. And Brown Girls in the Boardroom is certainly out there trying to help them. Um, you better believe it. You better believe it. Listen, this is one thing yeah. that uh, I saw on the website for uh, Brown Girls in the Boardroom. I love the fact. So we're talking about this. It's not just about getting in the boardroom, but it's about what you do when you get there. Decision making. And what did you just say? Influence. You're influencing and promoting change. Come on now. And, you know, the boardroom, I say brown girls in the boardroom, Mm -hmm. but it's not just about the boardroom. Your boardroom can be uh, as an entrepreneur. Right. Mm -hmm. It could be your place of business. Right. Your boardroom can be whatever it is. That mm-hmm. you are representing, whatever space that you're in, whatever career mm-hmm. path that you're in, it's about decisions. It's about coming to the table, having a seat at the table, and having a voice. Right? Mm-hmm. Our our uh, vice president is saying, you know, has has coined this phrase, and I don't think it was intended to be, mm-hmm. but it says, "I'm speaking." I got a T-shirt. Okay. I feel good when I wear it. Right? It says, yes. "I'm speaking," mm-hmm. and that's what we do. We need our voice back. Right? As mm. young. Women, we need to know that we can have a seat at the table and we can have a voice. You know, this day of boardrooms being consumed with just middle-aged white males, mm-hmm. right? That's a thing of the past, mm-hmm. right? It has been proven that the more uh, uh, diversity you have in a room, mm-hmm. the more creative thoughts are birthed, right? Mm-hmm. The more out-of-the-box thinking becomes, mm-hmm. you know, relevant. And so it behooves our organizations in this day and time to make sure that there's diversity around that table. And when it's time for it, I want these brown girls to be ready to sit in their seat. And oh, by the way, if they're out of uh, seat, uh, bring your own lawn chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. I have some. Don't worry. And then what was our, uh, Shirley, uh, Shirley Chisholm <laughs> said? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. It ain't no more chairs, honey. Bring your lawn chair. Mm-hmm. Always have one in your car. Oh, so, my goodness. Anyway, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's I so agree with you about the diversity of it. it this is not a one trick pony here. You you need the diversity. And the thing that uh, you mentioned earlier, you were talking about just the things that you bring. When you started, you were young, you were a female and you were uh, African-American um, uh, woman. 
a woman of color. Yeah. So you had the three different things that generally get discriminated against. Yeah. But we yeah. we need diversity. We need the inclusion yeah. because everybody's not experiencing life just the one way that one person or one group of people might be thinking. No, right. look at That's look right. around. You're rarely yeah. will you go somewhere and you're, you know, you're the just majority person. It's going to be somebody that looks different than you, that thinks different than you, that believes something different. And that's OK. That's OK. That's all right. Because we're yeah. not judging yeah. any of those things about you. Listen, this is about, again, promoting change and making everybody, you know, have have the ability to achieve equality. Yeah. Equality. Yeah. yeah. So I, I am. And there's just, been some gaps. There, there, there yes. have been quite a few gaps. And so, um, you know, wage gaps from just men and women mm-hmm. in general, right? Yes. That's a problem. Um, you see, oftentimes it's all kind of lawsuits on companies mm-hmm. where, you know, discriminating against, um, you know, people of color mm-hmm. into uh, leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I think it's time out for um, these companies to stop just talking about diversity, mm-hmm. but to really live it, right? It's not about just checking the box. Mm-hmm. It's about being intentional. Don't tell me that you can't find anybody um, right. that fits the bill. Be intentional about seeking out mm-hmm. diversity mm-hmm. so that your organization represents the communities in which we live in. Absolutely. And I think more and more companies need to just be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so agree. So, yeah. I so And when agree. they're ready to be intentional, these brown girls are going to be prepared yeah, to Martin, walk in. listen, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, boot camp is go. going on up, over. That is right. At uh, BGBR. <laughs> that's right. And listen, and, and one of the things that I say to these young girls is you got to raise your hand. Like you got to be prepared to pivot. Mm-hmm. So I'm in accounting, right? Mm. Had I not been in a position to say, you know what? I'm open for something bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm open for something better. Mm-hmm. I would have still been an accountant, probably sitting there making, you know, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. First of all, my personality isn't one of an accountant. That's number one, right? <laughs> but, but, but I was in that space. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you got to be prepared to pivot and do something different. Right. And sometimes we operate in so much fear, fear mm-hmm. of, I can't do it. Fear of, I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. Fear of, what if they don't like me? Mm-hmm. But what if they do? Exactly. How about that? Like, what if you go knock it out the park? Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, we got to start raising our hands. Well, we mm-hmm. got to show up. Mm-hmm. And when I say show up, I mean, I'm showing up. That means I'm showing up. I am presentable. I carry myself well. Mm-hmm. That means I am educated in whatever it is I'm supposed to be educated mm-hmm. in, whether it's a certification, whether it's a degree. It, and you got, you have the experience. So I am saying, you know, let's just go step up and demand a seat at the table and we're mm-hmm. not prepared. No, I'm talking about raising your hand and being prepared. And oh, by the way, if you're not prepared when you raise your hand, you better be quick to, to, to onboard yourself, right? right. To acclimate yourself uh-huh. so that you are prepared. And so, I just think more often than not, we sit back, mm-hmm. we wait for these things to come and we need to have a little more drive, a little mm-hmm. more assertiveness, a little more courage mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I'll raise my hand for this. Right. Choose me. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Here Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Put me, you know, that's almost, you know, that's, that's kind of similar to, you know, the glass ceiling. You know, we think, oh, I can't get yeah. it. They've, they've lowered it and it's, all, you know. 
Sometimes that glass ceiling is because we've lowered it ourselves. It's ourselves. it's right here, That's you right. know. We we're, we've That's created right. that thought in our own head. Yeah, I get it. You know, there's discrimination. You know, there's unfairness. But don't stop pushing. Don't stop going. Don't stop believing. Be courageous. Yeah. Be courageous yeah. to do it, you yeah. know, and shatter, shadow the stereotypes, shadow, you know, everything that was put, you know, to keep you from going. Because the thing is, you know, if I can break you, you know, then you'll be OK just settling for something. But just yeah. like you said, raising your hand. And I believe that's something that you definitely did. You raised your hand and then God yeah. took what he already placed in you, you know, because he predestines. Every step, oh, he knows absolutely. every step, absolutely. every stage that we will take. And when you raised your hand, you said, yeah, I can I can shift. I can pivot. I can learn something That's different right. yeah. yeah, because yeah. <laughs> our personality. I don't know what a personality for an accountant is, but this woman here, she <laughs> needs to be teaching and instructing. And, 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 and I'm so grateful that you did pivot. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so grateful. You know, I. I, I often, when, when I hear you talk like that, my mind goes back. Mm-hmm. And I often quote this scripture to Jeremiah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, listen, the scripture talks about him knowing the plans that he has for our lives. Mm-hmm. And I just can't believe that um, I'm going to sit down and settle knowing that he's got great plans mm-hmm. for me, right? Mm-hmm. I need to be in a position to walk in that. And I can't be in that position. I, have you ever heard the story of, uh, T.D. Jakes tells this story mm-hmm. about the turtles and the giraffe. Mm. And he talks about how, you know, how we see ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes I get it. I'm not for everybody. <laughs> right. But what I do know is I know who I am. Okay. And and I often think about the turtles and the giraffe and I'm a giraffe. That's how God made me. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be so very careful not to entertain the turtles because when I bend down to mm-hmm. entertain the turtles, it breaks my structure. That's wow. not how God <laughs> built me to be. Okay. So you got to let the turtles, and it's not their fault. They see the world based on where they are. But for those mm. of us who meant to be giraffes, we can't allow our structure to be broken from bending down, trying to be mm-hmm. somebody else. That's about lowering. You talked about lowering the glass. I can't lower myself to be. That's not who I am. Oh and that's not bragging. That's not boasting. That is me believing Mm -hmm. what the word says. That's me knowing my value, knowing that I have gone to college, knowing that I have worked hard, that I have studied hard, that I have raised my hand when others didn't really raise their hand, Mm -hmm. that I have stayed on the job late at night, that I sacrificed having a child getting married until I was 35. (laughs) Now I'm a 50 year old parent, but I put in the Mm -hmm. work. So it behooves me to maintain my level of influence, courage, confidence mm-hmm. that I've worked so hard for. Right. And I think oftentimes we lose sight of that. We lose sight that we we've do. put in the work. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's form ourselves and align ourselves with how God really made us to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And and I love that story about the giraffes and, because we're forever hurt because we're trying to bend down and be something right. else. That ain't who right. he made us to be. So now my neck out of alignment. Yes. Now I'm stressed out. Now my structure ain't right. Now mm-hmm. I can't see the things that really are before mm-hmm. me because I done broke my structure, bending down to deal with the turtle. Wow. Yes, ma'am. So I, I understand <laughs> the analogy now because oftentimes <laughs> um, I know Ernest, Ernest would t- say, you know, 
your perspective is based on where you're seated based on he was like right. pay money for the good seats you know That's get right. in position to where you can see a broader picture so i definitely love that analogy of the the giraffe and the turtle because and again we can say that uh, as it relates to an eagle that soars when the That's storm right. when the storm comes he doesn't just stay there in the choppiness he has the capacity to fly yes. above the storm. The capacity, yes. sis. <laughs> yes, that's it. When we talked earlier about the girls being thirsty, mm-hmm. that, that goes hand in hand with that, mm-hmm. right? Like you got to have the capacity to know yes. that there is more. And I mm-hmm. want it. I want to be able to, to tap into all that I can be and yes. all that God has before me. But oh my that's goodness. a capacity issue. And sometimes people don't have the, they ain't got that grit. They don't have the pedigree <sighs> yes. to be able to go mm-hmm. forward and be who it is that they are supposed to be. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. But you know what? Brown girls in the boardroom, they on they on the scene. They on the job. <laughs> Look at jobs. I get frustrated sometimes when I see these young girls mm-hmm. and I see so much potential in them. Mm-hmm. I want them to move faster than they mm-hmm. almost are able to move. But it's because I see it. It's like I see these mm-hmm. opportunities. Like I know what is required to yes. be signed the end all be all, but I can certainly help them move from where they are mm-hmm. in terms of where they go. And not just me, right? I want to surround them mm-hmm. with women who have wisdom, who mm-hmm. has made some mistakes along the way, but didn't allow it to stop them, right? right. Who had some some shortcomings. And, and and there's a saying, there's an African proverb that mm-hmm. says, if you want to go fast, go alone, right? But mm-hmm. if you want to go far, go together. And I believe that brown girls in the boardroom is that let's go together. Let's go Uh far together. Absolutely. And soon as, and as you were just beginning to speak on that, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, we've got to get our community and our village back, but you know what? And I know brown girls in the boardroom, it's just getting started. You just launched it, you know, um, in August of last year, but I just, as you were talking and, and I'm no prophet, but I, <laughs> but I just see brown girls in a boardroom. It, it's not just going to be a local. It's not going to just be a uh, floor. God, we thank you for stretching us beyond yes. the borders. Amen. Yes. The ca- because that. she yes. has the capacity yes. to get it done. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun. (laughs) We might have to break this uh, podcast down into two episodes, but uh, I want to share with our listeners just some testimonials that um, I was reading about brown girls in the boardroom. Hold on, let me grab my glasses. (laughs) So uh, she says, um, my first interaction with a brown girl who knew how to work a boardroom was the one and only Melissa Former Hardwick. Not only did she give me an opportunity to spread my wings, I've seen her mentor, coach, and uplift women to their fullest potential. She is the epitome of what it means to wake up, dress up, and show up. Okay. So and here's another one. Um, it says, having demonstrated genuine concern for my career, Melissa has been pivotal to the woman I am becoming. She has demonstrated the work ethics it requires to be a boss. 
and the balance you need to keep it all together. She is a powerful woman who I can have girl talk with, but still holds me accountable. I'm forever grateful for the many roles she has played as being part of my village. There you go. Village. (laughs) We just spoke on that. That is so amazing. Brown girls in the boardroom. Miss Melissa Fulmore Hardwick. We're so grateful, so thankful for, again, your your courage and and your passion, your passion. I don't even think I mentioned passion, passion. (laughs) Now, I was given this question that I'd like to ask you (laughs) by someone that kind of knows you well. Um, So I'm just going to read this question and it says this. What would you tell little Melissa? And I think the person calls you Missy from Elwood, who used to cheer at Westside Park about being in the boardroom. What would you tell little Melissa? (laughs) This is hilarious. And tell your husband, thanks so much for putting my business in the street. I will. You know, he remembers so much of my life and he he probably... Uh, remembers the little Melissa that was just loud cheerleading at the ballpark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was, that was my life. Um, But if I had to say something to um, the Melissa from Elwood home, it would be, don't stop dreaming. Mm. Don't stop dreaming. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I believe that little girl um, dreams Mm -hmm. turns into um, grown woman vision. And so um, I, I, I would say don't stop dreaming. Right? Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit. And and I would dream, Demi, I'm a dreamer anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this often that I seen uh, the neighborhood that I wanted to live mm-hmm. in before I lived in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I've seen what kind of car I want to drive, where I want to live, what, you know, mm-hmm. I, I saw what I wanted my husband to look like before mm-hmm. I married him, right? And so I don't, I don't think we should ever stop dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, even as adults, I still dream. I still find myself mm-hmm. dreaming. I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the dream job mm-hmm. um, that I'm in right now because I saw it. I dreamt it, mm-hmm. and um, never stop dreaming. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. I would say that to every little girl that's out there right now. Don't stop dreaming mm-hmm. because your dreams certainly can become a reality. Absolutely true. And as you're talking mm-hmm. about dreams, uh, I'm a daydreamer, and the, the thing that I that came to mind was this, those dreams that you're allowed to even dream and have the confidence to dream are those, I think, just those messages from God where he gives us the dreams, the visions yeah. again, where yeah. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Yeah. And a lot of times yeah. uh, he has to just give us a vision or a glimpse. Yes. You know, a glimpse yes. is good enough for me. I don't need all the details. Father, the fact <laughs> that you've got me going in this direction. Lord, I trust you. And something to that. Right. Yes. And, and, and the scripture talks about eyes haven't seen, nor ears Ooh, heard. Right. Come on so now. when I think about that and the fact that I just dripped a little bit, mm-hmm. like you ain't even seen it all. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, a, a snippet mm-hmm. of what I have. I mm-hmm. got to live to tell mm-hmm. the story. Right. Right. So right. I'm excited about it. I get excited about life. 
Mm-hmm. Just knowing that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's that's the balance of it. You can be a woman of faith, trusting in God's word, understanding how he's speaking it in your life and still go out there and have the most magnificent life. And it doesn't you don't compromise who you that's are. Right. You know, I just love that. I love that. So I have a question um, that I would ask you. Um, What would be one thing, if anything, uh, that you would uh, do different? If you knew what you know now, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. would you do anything different? Um, I I would. I I would. um, Number one. I would have gone through college the first time on that scholarship. <laughs> Number one, um, I would have taken advantage of the opportunities mm-hmm. that were before me. That's number one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and number two, I think I would read more. I am mm. just finding now that um, I love picking up a book. Mm-hmm and reading mm-hmm. a book, right? We've gotten so modernized that we we read stuff on our phone. Mm-hmm. We get, you know, um, um, audio books mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. But when I read, I really digest mm-hmm. and get stuff in my spirit. And I just think now about all of the, the, the knowledge and the wisdom mm-hmm. that could have been imparted mm-hmm. had I just read more. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time. It's like, I can't get enough of reading, mm-hmm. right? Knowledge is power. Yes. Leaders are readers. And somebody yes. told me that many, many years ago, and it never left me that leaders are readers. Mm-hmm. And so I would read more and I would encourage every young girl mm-hmm. to find yourself reading more. Mm-hmm. I think that that's I think that's a good trait. I think it 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 puts wisdom in us that we don't get from um, talking to people, mm-hmm. and 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 it's the silence when you're reading. It's it's just you and the book. It's right. just you and the material, right? right? And so I think reading is a is a is a great hobby mm-hmm. um, that leads to um, that it just yields great results. Right. So I would read more. I agree. I agree. I uh I hated reading in high school, but I uh I think God knew that I would need to know more than my mind uh would would just you know more than the limitations that I would put on my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely an avid reader as well. Um, right now I'm not able to do much leisure reading because you know classes and things like that but i i have that you're, you're an author fer- you are a published author and so mm. um you write so we can read hey. so stay writing <laughs> keep writing so we can keep reading well listen i like being encouraged and you know i want to have that foundational base to talk about something with some substance to it so again that you know just that thirst for knowledge and yes yeah. i i would have never known you know how before you started brown girls in the boardroom you were already operating in that gift Sure. I didn't know that I had a gift of storytelling and God reminded me way back when, when I was in high school, how I would write plays that never, you know, they were just, I don't know where ever, <laughs> ever came of them, you know, because when I moved away from home, you know, you leave your room as it is, but um, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I trusted him and yeah. I'm grateful yeah. also that, I consider it 
it a trust that he would allow me to uh, use his word to tell a story, you know, to tell yeah. my story yeah. for the most part. So, yes, I enjoy yeah. that. I, I, I great, great so book. enjoy that. So, Melissa, tell us about uh, how we can learn more about Brown Girls in a Boardroom, how we can find you. Are you on any social media platforms or outlets? I am. I am. Um, I have a, a web page, mm-hmm. com, mm-hmm. And that tells a lot about who I am and mm-hmm. what I'm doing by way of Brown Girls in the Boardroom. We are on Instagram, mm-hmm. either Melissa Fulmore Hardwick or Brown Girls in the Boardroom. Uh, we have a uh, Facebook group, mm-hmm. Brown Girls in the Boardroom. And so certainly um, I can be reached uh, on those venues. I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. um, as well, Melissa Fulmore Hardwick um, and Brown Girls in the Boardroom. And so uh, still kind of uh, formalizing mm-hmm. the, 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 the social media end of it, right? Mm-hmm. We just stood up. Um, a website haven't launched it live yet, but mm-hmm. we're building, and, and it's just it's just a process. We had our first board meeting um, last month, mm-hmm. and so um, forming a board to really get our programs in place and mm-hmm. our funding. But we've been so fortunate, mm-hmm. you know. People have given and and donated, and and it's just been such a blessing to me. I know that this was mm-hmm. ordained by yeah. God. Awesome! That is sure. amazing, and. Uh, I love the T-shirts that are out there. So how can we get the brown girls in the boardroom T-shirts? Yes. So I have that information as well Mm -hmm. on um, our Instagram page. Okay. So certainly you can go to Instagram or Facebook and get those uh, T-shirts. All right. Well, listen, guys, get your T-shirts, tag Melissa in it and support, ask questions, um, start something similar in your community. She's 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 mapping the blueprint for us. And I'm sure that there, you know, there we have mentors and we have um, programs like this available, but we need more. And I'm just so grateful, you know, for what you're doing. So there's there's another thing that uh, I saw um, relating to brown girls in the boardroom. And I'm just going to give this little informational piece and, you know. We'll just we'll we'll end there. So with Brown Girls in a Boardroom, just so you know, this is a nonprofit organization champion mm-hmm. championing. <laughs> I got to slow down. Uh, the next generation of female leaders through innovation, uh, multi generational training initiatives. Um, they foster strong uh, a strong female community. Uh, Brown Girls in the Boardroom is building a brighter future for all young women, girls, women, and helping them become uh, who they secretly dream of being. I love that. Absolutely love it. And I love you, my friend, Melissa. I I appreciate you um, taking this time. Please tell Daryl and Jackson Thank you so much for letting us have a part of you uh, to talk with. Uh, and so just thank you. And please come back because I want to talk to you about uh, servant servant leadership. Oh, awesome. I love it. Okay. I love it. I know. Thanks, friend. I love you. I love Thanks you for having too. me. I love Tell you. I love you. Thompson, I said, <laughs> stay strong. We're gonna straight. <laughs> we're gonna stay strong it. and hold it down as best we can. <laughs> 
Okay. So listen, guys, thank you for joining us for this episode of Can We Talk with Demi and Friends, where our friend today was Miss Melissa Fulmore Hardwick, uh, founder and CEO of Brown Girls in the Boardroom. Uh, So join us again when we'll talk more about life, love, relationship, spirituality, and being the very best version of who you were created to be. And remember, please uh, invite a friend to join us for some good old fashioned conversation and visit our social media outlets for a daily dose of encouragement by going to Miss underscore Demi 03 on Instagram and Twitter, as well as um, following us or liking us on Facebook at Demi Thompson. You can also check out our web page and see what's going on over there at Demi and Company by going to www.demiandcompany.com. Now, I need you to make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast and let us know how we're doing. But until next time, until we get this chance, this opportunity to talk again, make sure you're having those conversations that matter the most to you in your life and be present in the moment with the people who matter the most to you. So until next time, talk it out.